0: back just like i said we'll be back that was write it like you mean it by christian leo and this is for the glory casey i am chad smith the editor at the blue testament.com i'm joined as always by my wife sheena smith who's better than you and you know it sheena <laughs> what's up
1: hey oh my gosh that's a nerdy wrestling reference and i hate that i know that
0: I love that you know it. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you all for coming back and listening to us again. I just want to get our quick plugs out of the way, and then we'll get right into this thing. If you haven't already, head to iTunes and do a five-star rating and review of our podcast. If it's, again, less than five stars, go ahead and just at me on Twitter, at Play for 90 Take all the hate in my mentions. My DMs are open. Mm-hmm. Message me. We'll work on it. We'll try to get better. But five-star reviews helps other people find it. Just search for The Blue Testament over on Apple Podcasts. Also, you can reach us on all the social media platforms at for the Glory KC on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you can also reach us at ForTheGloryKC at gmail.com. Write us an email. That'll be fun. All right. Today on the podcast, we have quite a few topics to cover. Uh, the Sporting Kansas City schedule was released. We'll go over that. Got a little bit of gross stuff to talk about, but the NWSL-NWSLPA joint investigation of several of the coaches and executives around the league, uh, lots of contract moves from the Kansas City current. Uh, there were some rumors for Sporting Kansas City that we're going to cover. The Super Draft was tonight. We're recording on a Wednesday. And the preseason schedule came out, and there was this little thing, this little competition called the World Cup that went down over the weekend, maybe one of the best games I've ever watched in my life. But before we do that, Sheena, we got to go to our first ever Kansas City Comets indoor soccer game over the weekend. How are you doing? How did you th- How would you feel about
1: it? Yeah, so we did attend our first Comets game over last weekend, and I thought it was really fun. I wasn't really sure what to expect because I haven't ever watched a an indoor soccer game or b a Comets uh, game, so. I had heard it was kind of a hybrid of like maybe a little bit of hockey with soccer. And that's exactly how I would explain it. When we arrived, we got to the game a little late because we were at a family function. And when we got into the stadium, there was a power play going on. And I only know of power plays because of hockey. So that was an interesting aspect of the game. It was a lot more fast paced. And I don't know if that's because it's on a smaller field, and it's a lot more aggressive, so but not as aggressive as hockey, but definitely more aggressive than your typical soccer. So it was a pretty good time. I really enjoyed it. I didn't understand half of what was going on. And at one point, you were trying to look up the rules, but I think you said it was like 20 pages.
0: Yeah, the rules were incredibly complicated. I was like, I'm just going to look it up and like put my head around it. And I, I ran into uh, the site manager of the Blue Testament, Fad Bell, there at the game. And he goes, oh, I don't even know all the rules. I think he was joking with me. He's trying to make me feel better. But yeah, I tried to read it. There was a power play. When we got there. No more power plays the rest of the night. Don't know how the blue cards work. I, I don't know. I'll, I'm going to learn the rules. Somebody educate me. But uh, I need to get more into the comments, and I'd like to give a shout-out, because this is a a nepotism podcast. Chris Stout, he was the military honoree of the evening. Wow, shout-out, Chris. We got there, and we got into the suite that he got us free tickets for, and there's, like, a camera crew in there and cheerleaders and the mascot. And I was like, what's happening? And he's so, like, humble. He's like, oh, nothing, nothing's going on. And then, like, a minute later, he's on the Jumbotron, and they're, like, honoring him for all this cool stuff that he's done. He he had, like, a charity that he ran where they – build tiny homes for for veterans so pretty awesome homeless veterans so I really enjoyed it and we got to get back there more and I clearly need to get someone to explain all the rules to me this will not be a Kansas City Comments podcast anytime soon go listen to the Blue Turf also on the Blue Testament podcast network if you want to know more about the comments Sheena ready to get to the schedule release
1: yes I sure am
0: Oh, I know it's big time, right? So (laughs) not going to run through every single game. You all know how to read. Nobody wants to listen to me do that. But I want to hit some things that jump out at me. First off. Sporting Kansas City will play expansion side, St. Louis City, it's all in cap, so I'd like to try to yell a little bit, SC, uh, three times, once at Children's Mercy Park and twice in what they're currently calling City Park because they lost their sponsorship. Uh, they're also gonna play Miami for the first time. This is Miami's fourth season in MLS and they've never played. They will not play Charlotte, who are in their second season. So that'll have to wait probably season four, 10, Who knows when sporting will get around to playing them. But I know the schedule is maybe the most wonderful time of the year for you, Sheena. <laughs> what, what were you thinking about the schedule? Have you booked any road trips for us yet?
1: I haven't, just because you said that the one I was looking at was getting really complicated because I was trying to fit other places in there. So I haven't booked anything. I'm leaning towards Dallas, but I will admit it's hard for me to get pumped up about going to Dallas. No offense anyone who's from Dallas. I'm sure it's a great city, but I'm just not like super excited and I don't find the Dallas, uh, is it Dallas FC? Is that what they're called? I don't find FC them very Dallas, we'll FC Dallas, Yeah, I don't find them very exciting either. So, but I heard it's a
0: team last year. They finished way better than Sporting did.
1: I, that's cool. I just don't find them like every time I've seen them play, especially when they play in their own stadium. It just feels like kind of. Eh. I don't know. Maybe because they don't have a lot of fans that come to the games. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of like a bad season.
0: No, you were 100% spot on. They play in Frisco, Texas, and they're always like, oh, yeah, it's out in the burbs, and that's why no one comes. Uh, Nobody mentioning that, you know, Children's Mercy Park is in Wyandotte County and, like, out in the burbs, quote-unquote. So well-attended, constantly sold out. It's just those fickle Dallas fans, I guess. And I will tell you, they used to be really tough to watch before last season because they were they played really gross. They played the kind of soccer that no one likes where they they just foul a lot and they try to slow the game down and it's just really ugly. But they, they played a lot better-looking soccer last year and they were a much better team. So uh, Dallas, that's on Saturday, March 18th. That's the third game of the season. I'm sorry, the fourth game of the season, the third road game of the season for Kansas City. They have a, quite a stretch of road matches to start things off. So we may hop in a car, head down to Dallas, see whoever lives in between here and there. We got like my best friend and best man lives in Oklahoma family in Southern Missouri. Sheena was trying to tell me this complicated road trip and I was trying to work. So I was like, it's too complicated. Tell me later. I don't, I'm not processing any of this. I'm not, I'm not focused on what you're saying. So that might be a trip for us. Did you, did you get any further down there? Did you look for anything maybe flight related?
1: I didn't. I also was looking, obviously, at St. Louis. Uh, I found it interesting we're playing St. Louis three times this season. Two of the times are in St. Louis, so at least one of those I'd like to check. I bet those are going to be popular games. And I'm curious to see how many tickets, like, the Cauldron will be able to get because I'm sure there's a lot of hype in St. Louis, so I anticipate – that they'll be sold out. But that was the other thing I was looking at. Vancouver was another one. And you were like, why Vancouver? And it's just to go to another country. So I don't know. I still got to figure out if we want to go to the World Cup. So we have a lot of discussions to to have outside this podcast. But... Yeah, it's
0: a- to continue our budgeting <laughs> conversation from last weekend you know, like Can we afford to go to new zealand and australia uh, so going back to st louis though yeah sporting plays them for the first time on may the 20th at st louis that'll be on fox sports one as well as apple tv all the games will be on apple tv uh, they play them again at home on september the second and then for a final time on september 30th back in st louis so I personally love that they're playing them three times. I hope this buds into a, a great rivalry during the draft tonight when they announced sporting Kansas City were picking the St. Louis fans booed. And I thought that was great. I'm like, they they already kind of hate us saying I don't hate St. Louis by default. I like the city. Seems like
1: I love the city. It's totally my vibe. Is this set up like the NFL draft where there's like fans like in a central location? Or was it like they were in a bar in St. Louis and they panned to them and then <laughs> everyone booed? Like what is that scenario?
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. So we'll talk more about the draft later. But to answer your question, the draft was held via conference call. All the teams called in via conference call and drafted their players, but there was like three MLS hosts. Andrew Ruby, Kansas City native, was one of them. Over there in St. Louis, they were like in their facilities and there was a uh-huh. smattering of fans standing on the opposite side, and they kind of cut over to them and showed their little, you know they were holding up their supporter section signal. I couldn't tell exactly what it said on there, but a little symbol for their, their version of whatever the cauldron of the South stands. So yeah, it's 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 a nice way to start a potential rivalry, but I think you're right that it's going to be potentially tough to get tickets. There's always a free allotment of tickets that you get if you're a season ticket member or a supporters uh, group member. And I'm guessing those will be gone quick. So we'll be, like potentially not sitting with the other road fans that'll be making the trip. But that'll that'll be a nice, quick, close road trip compared to before, what was it, eight hours to get to the closest other team? So this will be nice.
1: No, Minnesota was like six and a half. We did Minnesota last year. And we broke it up and stayed the night in Iowa. But, I mean, that's not too bad of a trip. That's just a little bit further than what we used to do from Phoenix to LA, so... It's not that's too fine. bad. Yeah, not okay. too bad.
0: So if we want to go back to Minnesota, that's on there as a road trip. But it's in September. School will be back in session. It's yeah. tough. It's always about, like, when can we go – uh, with the whole kid thing and you know, being responsible parents and not pulling them out of school to go to soccer matches. Not that we don't sometimes do a little extra Friday or Thursday to get to get out of town. So much different than my life as a child when my mom was like, no, you go to school all the time. What are you talking about? You're dying? I don't care. Go to school. Like You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, we definitely have pulled our daughter to go on vacations and we're doing it still. So it is what it is. We haven't done it for soccer yet, but I also wouldn't put it past us if it was the right opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) One other thing I wanted to note about this schedule was uh, when I initially looked at it, I thought the rivalry week game was against Minnesota and not against St. Louis. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. But there's like multiple rivalry week things going on. They're just placed several times in a row and close to each other. But St. Louis is playing Chicago, which in baseball is a rivalry between the Cubs and the Cardinals. But MLS has done it right in the sense that at least St. Louis is on the, the proper side of the conference line. They're in the West with KC. It would have been a real shame if they put him over in the East. Instead, Nashville heads back to the Eastern Conference, which makes sense. They're further East than St. Louis. So geography win.
1: Yeah, I was telling you earlier that I suddenly now, like as of today, and seeing on Facebook all the St. Louis soccer stuff and... One of the things I saw, which they had their schedule of who St. Louis was playing, and they had it on like a jean jacket, and then all the teams were like buttons, which I thought was really cool. But I was reading the comments just to see what St. Louis fans thought of the schedule, and a lot of them liked that. Well, I think some people were torn between like Kansas City should be the rivalry, but then some people were okay with it being Chicago. Um, just because of the baseball rivalry. And then I don't know if Chicago has a hockey team, but hockey was another sport that I guess there's a rivalry. So yeah, yeah, so maybe that had something to do with it too. So people weren't as like up in arms about it as I felt like you were. I do feel like in Minnesota, the Minnesota-Kansas City rivalry isn't really one. I don't feel that way. I feel like we have more of a rivalry with like, Real Salt Lake is who I think of.
0: It's who I think of as well. Maybe just because they're so easy to hate.
1: I guess. I don't know.
0: Any final thoughts on the schedule before Sheena comes back with a complicated road trip she can share with you all (laughs) next week?
1: No, but I do want to say if you're looking to travel and you're wanting to travel to one of these other games, my recommendation based on the stadiums we've been to is LAFC I really like their Their stadium's really nice. It's in a little bit of a sketchy area, but, you know, it's fine. But we just had a re- we've been there a couple times, but the first time we went was their inaugural season and we just had a really cool experience. Um, wasn't cool was that they made us return my daughter's iPad, which she uses to get through some of the games. But in return, they gave us a soccer ball that was signed from the previous season of Sporting Kansas City players. So... That was a really cool thing. I'm sure Chad could take a picture of it and post it online.
0: (laughs) I actually already have it on our Instagram because I don't know how to post podcasts for Instagram. So I just take pictures of random sporting stuff around our house and say, new episode out. So, yeah, you can go on there and see it. It's her ball, but it's proudly displayed in my office inside (laughs) of a case. So
1: She does make it known that it's her ball, though.
0: She does say that. Yeah, that was the inaugural season of LAFC and Sporting handed them their first went a uh, loss I'm sorry inside their own stadium so that's always something we can think back to remember and if you go visit LA you can go s- visit Ilya. i I'm sure he'd say hi to you he's like the nicest human in the world so
1: yeah and don't they have like is it a hawk that does like their intro a hawk or something comes flying yeah. in
0: or like a falcon or a hawk I don't or know fa- exactly yeah. Which-
1: that was really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you think, probably run into Will Ferrell. I mean, he's there yeah, all the time.
1: That's, I was going to say one of the times we went, he they like panned in on him during that bird ceremony thing, whatever he, was happening. I think happening.
0: He, it landed on him or maybe yeah, he let it go. Yeah, he was on the yeah.
1: field. Yeah, he was on the field. And yeah, something with him and the bird happened.
0: Big Will Ferrell fan, but uh, we're going to have to crush LAFC this season. So, all right, well, Let's move on from the schedule. Definitely go check it out. Let us know in the comments, either on the Blue Testament or on our Instagram or on the tweet of this or on Facebook, all of our social media at For the Glory ForTheGloryKC. Uh, what games you're going to head to, if you're going to make it to any road games we'd love to hear. Maybe we'll run it to you if we end up getting to more than just St. Louis, possibly Dallas. We'll see how it plays out. So we have to go from this happy news to something that oh, I don't even really want to talk about it. It's just such a downer of a situation. The NWSL and the NWSL Players Association, they released the findings from their joint investigation. It's kind of a follow-up on the Yates investigation, which was a little more uh, narrow in its focus, only focusing on a few of the coaches. And if it was the rest of the league, I think we could kind of gloss over it really quick. But the Kansas City Current, unfortunately, were mentioned in the report specifically former head coach Hugh Williams. He was the coach during the inaugural season in 2021. He's mentioned several times throughout the report. And it's nothing sexual in nature, which is, I guess, a win, right? Because at least it's not all this awful stuff that we heard about from these other coaches. But at the same time, uh, there's reports of, Uh, Abusive language towards players and calling them like a pain in the ass and stuff like that. And this is, it's a tough subject to talk about because I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, Sheena, but for me, I can't make these things the same, right? people are like sexually manipulating players and coercing them into sex and things like that. And, you know, male and female coaches have reports of some of this stuff, but mostly male coaches, of course, right. The men always ruining things for everybody, but then obviously it's not okay to be verbally abusive to your players, but I've, I don't know if I've just, we had some good discussion on this in the comments on the blue Testament. And we're always very uh, nice to each other, even if, we have disagreements with each other on how to handle something. And what sticks with me is like, I have probably been verbally abused at jobs before. And I just kind of suck it up and deal with it. And that's probably not the right way to do it. But then again, I'm coming at this from a a white male perspective. And I'm sure that kind of changes things a little bit in terms of how I feel about it. I'm a large person. I'm not like, I'm 6'2". I'm not small. People aren't like, I'm not sheepish or afraid of them. I'm just like, gosh, what's wrong with this boss? Why would they possibly talk to me that way? Um, but w- what were your initial thoughts when you read the findings, Sheena?
1: Well, first off, it was 125 pages, so I did not read that, but I did you skim it. You didn't do like
0: a control F and go search for Hugh Williams or the Casey uh, I
1: did or not. Or maybe read the
0: article on our website?
1: I did. So I did read the article on the Blue Testament, um, dot com, and... Honestly, the situation in general is just really sad. It's disappointing. It's upsetting to me that players made, you know, it sounded like if I understood the article correctly, there was some sort of meeting in August of 2021, and players talked about how they were not being, like, sexually um, exploited or anything, but just that there was almost like low morale, and they felt like they were being kind of what you were saying earlier, um, that they were upset with the way the coach had spoke to them. And it sounds like in the investigation, they interviewed Angie Long, um, one of the owners of Casey Current. And from what I gathered, it didn't sound like she knew the allegations were as serious as they were. Like it, it sounded like she was aware maybe a little bit of how the coach was speaking to the team, but didn't know to the extent how bad it was. And kind of like what you were saying, we've all had a job where maybe we've had a boss that's too a little, you know, rude or a coworker who said inappropriate things. And I just went through literally yesterday, sexual harassment training at work and I did not do and good how many times at
0: it. Failed
1: the test. <laughs> um, it was a few times, just because I was distracted. And the test I took, like you couldn't, I didn't realize that that the first time I took it, I didn't realize if you clicked on the button like you were submitting your answer. So I accidentally clicked the wrong button a few times. But, anyways. I went through that test three times. So I'm really familiar now with sexual harassment and in the future, I need to not be multitasking while I'm taking a test. Uh, The one thing I took out of that that applies to this, the the one thing I take from that is that you can't have a hostile work environment. And it definitely sounds like that was happening. Rather, the Long family knew the extent of it or not, like Any concern that was made, they should have, like, made it change. I think I also saw, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I saw that people were complaining of, like, because the team was doing bad in 2021, that was part of the complaint. I just think maybe the players were afraid to speak their whole, like, truth. I don't know if you gathered that as well.
0: I mean, that could be, honestly, that there, because I think there's always, I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to, like, point something out at my job i'm always kind of pulling back you don't want to say too much you want to get yourself in trouble by pointing out what you perceive as misconduct but then at the same time you're supposed to report things that are handled incorrectly but then you know we've all seen it where it's not always handled the best like hr seems to take the side of your managers and things like that um i from what i got from it this is a quote from angie long she recalled quote that the players raised concerns How training and practices were being conducted, but did not recall the players raising any concerns about how Williams interacted with the players on the team, unquote. And then they go on to say that the players were not happy because the team was not doing well. And they were the last place team in the league, obviously probably aware Hugh Williams was demoted. He was no longer made the head coach and he was put into like a front office role, but... It, the longs kind of seem to be defending that, you know, hey, we didn't realize it was this other stuff going on. I, I kind of wonder, and I don't know if they interviewed Hugh, and I didn't really get that from reading my, I didn't read the whole report either, it 125 pages, but I, I went around to the sections focused on the current, and it, it wasn't clear to me if they had interviewed Hugh, so that might just be my misunderstanding of it, but I want to know, like, what's his side of it? I know that he's been reached out, out to and tried to get quotes and things. And at this point, I don't believe he's provided those to anybody. So it's something we'll kind of, you know, try to keep updated. So a few other thoughts that I wanted to give on this. Actually, at my job, I teach a course about HR type content like this, where I teach like all the new employees that come into the, the company. And I feel like I'm hyper aware of these issues. And I can't imagine going through a work situation where I wouldn't know what to do with them. But the NWSL's real problem seems to be that A lot of these policies weren't written down. There weren't any guidelines. And that was kind of what came out in this whole thing with the players that had been harassed by, like, former coach Paul Riley up in Portland and New York and North Carolina, because he bounced all over the dang place. And they, you know, had some misconduct, obviously, by allowing him to remain in the league. And I mean, it it ties back into um, the owner of Portland, Merritt Paulson. Uh, he had made that announcement that he was going to sell the Portland Thorns, and then Arnhem Whistler, the Chicago Red Stars owner, he's going to sell their team as well. And that all that situation seems to have come out on the heels, or actually, I shouldn't say on the heels of, but before this report was made public, but they probably knew what was about to be in it. So it's its interesting to me that they went and they they got rid of, their, or, or announced that they'd be selling their teams right before this, this came to light. Did that stand out to you at all, Sheena?
1: That did. And then the fact that they had Williams in the front office and they got rid of him back or they let him go back in November, which this report was just released last week. So that leads me to think they also were given a heads up. Um, one other thing that I was curious about is based on the article I read on the Blue Testament, it said that a lot of the players who did speak out back in August of 2021 were either traded there, they were waived, or they weren't re-signed with the team, and so that makes me wonder: like, is that because that they spoke out, or was it truly all about their performance? I don't know who those players were, so I don't. I was curious what your thoughts are about that.
0: Yeah, I I definitely do. Um, I think that there is sporting decisions that could have been made to justify those moves. They were the worst team in the league, right? They made all these moves. They cut a lot of players. They traded several players. And then they went on to have, at one point, they were in first place in the league, and they made it all the way to the NWSL championship in 2022. So I think you can justify those sporting reasons. But can I rule out that there was some sort of retaliation going on? I, I don't think you can. I mean there seems to be quotes from players indicating that they they thought they were being retaliated against when they their names came out as people that had complained. When I look back at all the decisions, though, of who left, they all kind of make sense because the team was kind of poor. So was it them that was making it poor? Is it a combination of all of them? Was it Williams's coaching that was making them poor? It sounded like a lot of complaints about the way he ran practices and and how he set up the team. And I remember last in the twenty twenty one season, he'd be moving players around and they're playing in different positions every week and they're different formations all the time. So I could definitely see that the erratic nature of that versus the stability of a Matt Potter this season or a Peter Vermees to use a sporting Kansas city example, you know, you're getting the four, three, three in most weeks. So I think there's a sporting reason to justify it. The one player that stood out as kind of a unique situation is Rachel Corsi. She was the captain and she's center back on a team that let in some goals, right? Some critical goals, but, Signed a new contract and then they transferred her out and sent her overseas. And it it was odd at the time when it was announced. And this adds some context to it. Uh, One other thing I want to say about, and this is kind of the gross, hey, we're talking about sports. So let's talk about the sporting side of it. Is Williams is undoubtedly a fantastic talent evaluator. If you look at the players he helped bring in, The players that he drafted in the NWSL draft last season had one of the best rookie classes in the league. Alex Loera was picked as a fourth round pick, kind of interesting circumstances. She went back to college for a year and then she basically was like would have been a first round pick, but he got her in the fourth round because of this complicated setup. She was close to being rookie of the year. She was definitely in the top chunk of players that were up for that. And she's a defender slash defensive midfielder. So I'm interested to see... How does this affect them with their eight draft picks that they have to make in January? Uh, I know it's kind of like, Oh, gross. Let's, you know, I I obviously care about the players. I want to protect the players. I want the best for the players, but at the same time, I am intrigued to see how it plays out. And hopefully they, hopefully there's a bunch of other talented people that were helping make those draft picks and they're still going to be fantastic at the draft It is a possibility that they lost a, a good piece there from the draft quality perspective even if he had to go because of the situation oh and as sheena said it was really quick and i just want to emphasize it the team let him go in november so last month before this report came out so he has not been with the team he's no longer in his front office role Uh, he was relieved of being the coach after 2021 but he's completely gone from the team now
1: I just hope the organization uses this as a growing opportunity and they've implemented some kind of change uh, for the current players on the team to speak out if something's bothering me. And hopefully things are ran a lot smoother, you know, going forward, because it does kind of that warm, fuzzy feeling I had when I went to the groundbreaking ceremony in October. I don't feel as warm and fuzzy. I feel like just slightly it's been tarnished a little bit. So hopefully things, there's not as many issues going forward.
0: Yeah, hopefully they can keep the trust of the players and that they're kind of speaking to them in the background. Absolutely. Uh, One last thing I want to talk about, not specific to the Kansas City current on this. There were some other examples in the report about um, a coach. I don't know how to pronounce this name. Vera P-A-U-W, a former Houston Dash coach, uh, there was complaints about weight requirements and exerting influence on players' diets and exercise routines. And I thought that was interesting because I think that's fairly common in sports, right? To request that players be on a certain diet, the professional athletes. Admittedly, the NWSL is not paying their players as much as some of these other leagues. And maybe you're asking a lot of them on the, the salary that you're paying them. But I remember... Uh, D.C. United coach, Hernan Lozada, he'd only been the coach like 15 months and he suddenly got hired, but he had really turned them around. They were doing really well once he took over. And he had these type of requirements, right, like regular weigh ins of his players and picking on them for making poor food choices. And I kind of think that's part of being professional athlete. Now, maybe this Vera character, this Houston Dash coach was was doing things in like a tacky way or was not. Being professional about the way to do it, but I think it's not out of line maybe to ask your professional athletes to do a certain thing. But to a certain extent, it's their choice, and then you can say, "Hey, if you don't want to follow these, you know, the culture of our team of what we're doing, then you can trade them or cut them or not re-sign them." But that that was where this report it had layers to it, right? the sexual harassment stuff, there's no place for it, but then it gets a little more gray when you're talking about is it okay to ask them to have a certain diet again? Well, I don't know enough of the details. I didn't read that entire 125 pages. It's too many pages. Uh, But any final thoughts, Sheena, on this awful report that hopefully the league is going to put behind them and grow and learn from?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you with the, the Houston Dash coach. Like, I guess it would depend on the context. Like, if they were already in shape and... Eating healthy and doing everything right. And then they're creating like even a higher standard that's not healthy, even, then that's uncalled for. So it would be a little interesting to see like, is it within the realms of you're an athlete and you're not, you know, performing at your peak because you're not eating healthy? And I don't know, I think about how I do this to you all the time, and you're not even in a sports playing thing, but I want you to eat healthy and I want you to exercise. And I do it out of love and, and because I care about you, but it could also be misinterpreted and it could also hurt your image. And, you know, that could be a whole nother set of issues. So,
0: yeah. And I, I do know when you tell me that, You're trying, you're coming from a good place when you encourage me to make better choices on my diet and my lack of exercise that I currently have. Uh, So, uh, no hard feelings. But I know people from the outside have said, oh gosh, she's really hard on you. And I'm like, yeah, look, I could be in way better shape. I could take better care of myself for sure. So, uh, no hard feelings on this side. I, you know, I'm always pretty open with you about how I, I know I need to do better, even if I don't always do better. So, yeah. All right, this feels like a good stopping point. So let's take a break, and we'll be back in just a bit with more For the Glory Casey. And we are back. All right, let's move to some happier soccer news on the Kansas City current front. This past week has been a busy one in the news. Uh, the team had announced a new contract with defender Haley Mace. She's been They've been calling her Mace America, like Miss America, Mace America. Uh, She got a new three-year contract through 2025. She was previously signed through 2024, so I'm suspecting they tore it up, gave her a new deal, maybe gave her a raise in there. And then also the team announced they re-signed on the other side of the defense, Kate Del Fava, to a two-year contract through 2024. Sheena, out. are you excited? Del Fava, Mace, they're back. What are your memories of them this season?
1: My memories of them aren't much. We are big Haley Mace fans over here. Our dog is named after her. We call her Haley May. So I'm excited to see that her contract was extended. Going back kind of a little bit to the last topic, I think it does say something that a lot of these players do want to return to the team. So hopefully the vibe in the locker room has truly changed and players are starting to feel comfortable speaking up. I think it it says a lot that so many of them are returning. My question for you is, do you think these signings have, like all these signings have happened this past week to try to kind of get the focus off the report findings? Or do you think it's just coincidental?
0: Gosh, uh, I'm hoping it's just coincidental. It's about to be the holidays, right? Christmas is on Sunday. Hanukkah's already started. New Year's coming a week after Christmas. All these things going on that they typically kind of business sort of shuts down don't worry for the glory kc won't shut down we'll be here next week but <laughs> we um they, these things have to get signed right and maybe it's just a coincidence i don't know uh i feel like it's a good sign though that mace wanted to return uh and wanted to extend her contract delpapa didn't have as much of a choice it's kind of like a lot of sports when you have. she's only a a two-year player, I think, in the league, maybe three years, 2020, she was drafted. So you're not a free agent yet have the mobility to go to other teams. But she was a starter. She played in every single game. Uh, She's an asset to this team. She really broke out in 2022. She was asked to play defense, which she really hadn't been a defender before And any time I'd ever seen her. So playing kind of that right back, right wing back, right wide midfielder, um, getting up and down the field. And then Sheena, you may remember she scored a very important goal in the playoffs in stoppage time against the aforementioned Houston Dash to uh, send Kansas City on in the playoffs, advance them on to face the O.L. Reign, who they eventually beat to go all the way. To the championship game.
1: Don't remember that. Chad has like a photographic memory when it comes to every soccer game, but can't remember like family vacations and the important things. So no, that goal doesn't stand out to me.
0: Well, it was played this week on highlights. So that refreshed my memory. But, oh, gotcha. And I wrote the story of her being resigned. So it's all fresh in my mind, but you're not wrong. Uh, we <laughs> Once Sheena was making the case to me, let's go on a slight t- sidebar here of how I had seen uh, the offspring and 311 in concert, and I'm, I'm a big offspring fan, I really like them. And I was like, I don't think I've seen 311, that doesn't sound right to me. And then my brother was like, Nope, we were all three there together, we definitely saw that show. And I was like, Well, they must have been terrible because I don't remember that. No,
1: don't say that. It was a good, it was a fun show.
0: I, I, we're very lucky in life. And when we were when I was little, I never got to do things, never got to go to sporting events, never got to go to concerts, didn't have the means to do that. But now, I luckily do. And we do a lot of stuff. So sometimes it's true. I don't, I don't remember them all, but I will be like, don't you remember in the 47th minute when blah, blah, blah happened (laughs) from like five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That definitely happens. All right. So that's the current news. Let's move on. Let's go to some sporting Kansas city news. Lots of stuff coming up for Kansas city this week. Uh, there is a rumor Uh, that emerged tying back into our conversation last week about do sporting have the right off season priorities and a rumor popped up of a center back target. Uh, He is a Slovakian player plays for the Slovakian national team, Uh, Norbert Giamber. I'm definitely saying that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He plays over in Italy and uh, yeah. Did you get a chance to read about Norbert? Sheena.
1: I did. And my thoughts on Norbert, is that how you say his name?
0: I have no clue. Okay.
1: Can we call him Nori just for ease?
0: Um, Old old Norbert. Yeah. Whatever (laughs) you want to say. Okay.
1: So my thoughts on him, I saw he's 30 years old, which I, as a casual fan, I don't know. What is the average age of a center back? Is that about average? Is that a little old?
0: I mean, if it's a sporting center back, they tend to be a little older, right? Okay. Francis is over 30. Samant Marine, I think, was going to turn 30, but he's he's gone from the team now. But then, you know, you got Courtney Ford still in his 20s. Robert okay. Lauder is, like, real young, like 21, 22. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Average, uh, past 30 is never great in sports, okay. right? But center backs sometimes age a little better depending on what they're asked to do in their role.
1: Okay, so that's what I was thinking. I was on the right, like mind frame with that. I, mind
0: frame is that a mindset?
1: Uh, mindset. Yeah, you know, me and words and phrases. I'm. <laughs> we could have a whole podcast just on all the things I screw up with phrases.
0: Your invented phrases, like <laughs> ca- calm the horses. Chad, go calm the horses. No,
1: calm your horses. But anyways, I okay. So I was on the right track with that. I my little notes that i had wrote was that i would prefer to see someone who's between 26 to 28 years old so somebody who's um not brand new straight you know in their 20s but not in their 30s so someone in that mid range of 26 to 28 and i think it goes back to the point i made last week on Matt hedges is that i'm not an ageist but I feel like picking a 30-year-old only temporarily puts a Band-Aid on this position, and I don't know that it's good for the long term. And I even tried to watch like the montage or the video that was on thebluetestament.com, that article. I don't know if that was pulled from somewhere, but it was really hard to watch. It was very blurred out.
0: Yes, I didn't put, cut it and make it. If you're wondering, it's okay. from when he was younger. I I don't okay. have that kind of video editing capacity. Okay,
1: <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, was this like made in the early '90s? I thought maybe it was compressed, <laughs> but it was really hard to watch. So I don't. Well, feel he would like have been I,
0: alive in the early '90s. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know, but yeah. I, so I don't really feel like I got a good gauge of how he is as a player because I couldn't really tell what was going on, but. Yeah, I just I would like to see someone younger. I think is my main point.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't know much about him. Um, the highlights that you were referring to, he seems to be playing defensive midfielder more. But it was from a few years ago in the in the Euros with Slovakia. Uh, so according to some research we did here. He is looking for a three year contract between 600 and 700,000 euros, which is a little over 600 to $700,000 based on current exchange rates. Uh, So he's would be coming from Syria in Italy, a club called Salernitana. I'm Definitely nailing that. mad. Clearly watch a lot of, <laughs> of Serie A. Watched a few Gianluca Buzio games last week, but now they're down in last week, last year. But now they're down in Serie B. They got uh, demoted, uh, relegated, as they say oh, in the European leagues there.
1: That's a bummer. So
0: you didn't know? I'm breaking news to you that he got relegated. You
1: are. And I only know uh, about being relegated from Ted Lasso. <laughs>
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Jason Tadek is teaching the Americans about how <laughs> soccer works in Europe. But yeah, I'm I'm not particularly like overwhelmed with it. But in Peter Vermes, we trust, right? I I'm gonna trust the scouting department at Sporting Kansas City. It's just a rumor. It could be his agent planting this story because he heard that center backs are needed in Kansas City. Every center back is gonna get linked to Kansas City. So. If that's the case, he's out of contract in the summer, so he would require a transfer fee to leave now unless the team chose to release him early. I don't know. They're in the middle of a battle right now. They're in the kind of mid-table. They're around 12th in the standings last I looked. But last year, they barely avoided relegation. His club finished 17th, so they might need him and won him. Uh, one thing that I thought was very sporting of Norbert, uh, <laughs> what a name, <laughs> right, um, Aww, was that he's currently injured he's been injured however however uh according to a recent report uh he has healed from his muscle injury that he suffered against Lazio and uh it's really of no concern it sounds like so he's hopefully about to return so it sounds like he's maybe healthy just hasn't gotten back on the pitch as of this rumor coming out but it doesn't sound like either of us are particularly thrilled but who knows maybe he'll show up Maybe he'll get signed, and he'll be amazing, or mazing, to quote
1: amazing. One, of our favorite,
0: yeah, one of our favorite sitcoms. Happy endings. Check it out. It's good stuff. Any final thoughts on Norbert before we move on to all this other news?
1: No, let's just move on.
0: Your disgusted face said it all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the MLS Superdraft was tonight. Uh, this is, again, we're recording on a Wednesday. Sporting held the 8th and 37th picks. In the 8th spot, they picked Steven Afrifa. I'm sure I'm butchering his name too. I'm just killing the names today. He's a center forward. He's from Florida International University. The interesting thing is, he is not a generation Adidas, which basically is this like mechanism where MLS signs the player to a contract before the draft, kind of guaranteeing them a position in the league. And then it doesn't count against your salary budget. H- however, th- so even though he's not a generation to do this, that means if he were to make Sporting Kansas City the first team, which that hasn't happened since they picked a player in 2018, Eric Dick and Graham Smith both made the team in 2018. No oh, no draft yeah. picks since then.
1: I remember Graham <laughs>
0: Smith. There you go. Yeah, relative
1: yeah.
0: to not really. <laughs> uh, but uh, a free for it. He is Canadian. Uh, but my colleague, Fad Bell, confirmed that even though he's Canadian, he will not count as an international. So he won't take up an international roster spot, which is a win for him because if he did, it would be very hard to fit him in the roster. And the only other thing we got to learn about him, because the, the draft just ended and we started recording this podcast, is Matt Doyle of the said, said, He reminds me a bit of Willie Agata. So he plays center forward. They said going into the offseason, one of their priorities, besides right center back, which we already talked about, was a third striker, a young striker. A free for would seem to fit that. I'm just not sure if he even makes the first team. Gina, did you have any thoughts on this player that you know literally nothing about?
1: <laughs> I don't, but I just have some general thoughts about the draft. Um, and we touched Okay, up-
0: hold one second. Oh, let me okay. let me get to that in one sec. So okay. Uh we'll hit the rest of the picks here. The 37th pick. Sporting pick Christopher Rindov, yeah, who knows? He's the center back from the University of Maryland. Fun fact, they also picked a a second round University of Maryland player last year. Brett St. Martin did make the team also. Um, Fun question for you, Sheena. There's a famous sporting Kansas City player that played for the University of Maryland and won at least one national title, maybe two, at least one. Any ideas?
1: Um, are they a current player on the team
0: current still play on the team? Yep.
1: I'm just going to throw a name out there to Amelia.
0: Graham Zusi. Oh, Graham you know what? I,
1: I was thinking Zusi, but then I didn't think he went to school in Maryland.
0: He did. Yes. And then oh. the last pick sporting did not get to make their third round pick had been traded to New York city FC back at the beginning of the 2021 season for I'm sure everybody's favorite fourth goalkeeper, Parker Siegfried, who was on the team for like a couple of months just when there were some injuries, he was just like the emergency keeper essentially. And he was then later released, but Sheena, you said you had some thoughts on the draft. What are you, what are you thinking about the draft?
1: Well, I feel like the NFL draft is like this huge ordeal. And by the way, we're hosting it next year, which is pretty exciting. Not us personally, but the city of Kansas city.
0: Oh, they're not coming to our house.
1: (laughs) I mean, they can, I don't think our house is big enough. Um, I'm excited to hear more details about that. But I don't feel like the MLS draft lives up to that same hype. And while you were watching it, you were saying like picks of one through seven had all been traded. Um, and he said, and, and you were saying that like you were only watching it because you're kind of a reporter, <laughs> which amused me. <laughs> but it seems almost a, like kind of sad because you were talking about the fourth keeper last year who or you know, these people who get signed and then they don't actually join the team. So I don't really understand the point of it. Maybe it needs to be revamped. I'd be curious to know. How many players that come out of the draft end up playing? Um, Because it sounds like a lot of them don't even get signed. So I don't understand the point of the draft, if that's truly the case.
0: Yeah, it's definitely lost its importance over the years. A lot of people want to point to Sporting Kansas City as like a model of how the draft is important and successful. but. You got to go back to 2012 and get 2012 even (laughs) to get that Dom Dwyer draft pick, the last pick that really had a big, big impact on the team. Sure, there was some role players, your Amadou Diaz, your Sad Abdul Salam since then. But for the most part, most of the guys haven't made the team. Some of them haven't even made the second team. And sporting does draft late usually because they finish well. So that that has some effect on it. I'm a little more high hope on a a free throw here. (laughs) God, I got to learn how to say this guy's name. (laughs) But um, still, still low, but higher as in maybe he'll make the first team. That's like, that's where expectations are. I think and you all should go read my longer version of this on the blue testament but i think it's time to kill the draft i th- think the draft has outlived its usefulness the fact that you're doing it on a conference call <laughs> like that's yeah it's kind of a joke, right the players aren't getting to like go up on stage and hold their jersey their scarves or anything like even they were doing a couple of years ago so it's outlived its usefulness let players decide where they want to go if they want to go pro and there's a team that can find a place for them, maybe they like the coach. Maybe they offer them more money. Maybe there's more of a chance for them to break through because there's an openings at their position. Uh, maybe that team has a history of handling draft picks well versus another team that never signs them and cuts them after a year, or, You know, whatever the case may be. Let them do that. Maybe they want to go to the USL because they want to get guaranteed playing time and they don't want to be have their rights owned by an MLS team that's just kind of using them. and and throwing them away after preseason because I'm sure these guys are going to get to go to preseason but then it's possible that nothing comes of it. It's time for the draft to go away in my opinion.
1: It seems like it's a waste of everyone's time if it's giving the players like a false sense of hope that they're going to be professional and then it feels like a waste of you know, every team's time sitting through a virtual conference, drafting players, they know they probably aren't going to keep. So I'm very confused by this. And it feels like if you're going to do it, it needs to be set up similar to like NFL where it's exciting. And it sounds like maybe they had that a couple of years ago where players get to hold the the scarf or whatever of the team they're playing for. But if it's just a virtual conference, like that's super lame.
0: Yeah, they like zoomed in some players and interviewed them, and they were still very excited about that. So I guess that's the appeal to it for a certain extent. But at this point, the MLS Academy system has essentially replaced the draft. Not that there's not usefulness in the draft, not that there's not good players that maybe develop later or they come from foreign countries and go to college and get discovered that way. Absolutely, that stuff still exists. I just don't think that you should have to go to the worst teams in the league and like in other sports versus – you know, the NFL, like you're building your roster through the draft. The NBA, if you draft right, it's immensely important. It's just not important in MLS. It's MLS trying to be like these other American sports leagues, and it just doesn't fit anymore. At one time, it was great. Roger Espinoza, Matt Beasler, Graham Zusi. Beasler and Zusi are from the same draft. It's like kind of crazy. Uh, most famous eighth overall pick ever, probably Beasler. He was also an eighth pick in the first round. Clint Dempsey, eighth pick in the first round. It used to be useful. It's not not useful anymore. I've had enough of the draft. Let's move on. Let's talk preseason. Uh, Stuck into the schedule announcement by Kansas City the other day is that preseason starts on January the 6th. That's like a little over two weeks, depending on when you're listening to this. It may be less than two weeks. That's exciting. Uh, Players are required to report. On January the 6th to Kansas City, if you've been following them on social media, which I know you have, Sheena, they've been all over the world traveling and having all their good, fun times because it's all about to come to the end. they got to get whipped into shape and, and preseason starts. Then on January 9th, they head off to Arizona uh, from the 9th through February the 8th. Then they'll have a week back in Kansas City or you know wherever they want to go probably. And then off back to Arizona from February 15th to the 24th. There's no announced schedule in terms of uh who's going yeah, games are being played if they have friendlies against mls competition or other competition but in past years she and i used to live in phoenix and we would get to go to preseason phoenix rising of the usl championship would host them along with fc tucson so i imagine it'll be some combination of those things as well and we'll get more details as we get closer Sheena, how excited are you the preseason's just around the corner
1: It's exciting. It's not as exciting as when we lived in Arizona, um, because like we lived for preseason when we lived in Arizona, just because it was our chance to experience what the rest of Kansas City got to experience all season long. And maybe this would be a good topic for next week because it's probably going to be slow. But if you have the chance to go to preseason, do it. Um, the last couple years have been not as um, open to the public just because of COVID. But hopefully this upcoming preseason will be more exciting it was one of my favorite things that we did in February in Arizona, and if there's a time to go to Arizona, January and February are the months to do it. It will be interesting to see what MLS teams show up and what those games look like and where they'll play if they're going to do it mostly in Phoenix, which was kind of what they were doing the last few seasons, or if they go down to Tucson. Um, but regardless, it's a great time and maybe we could talk about that more next week, about that experience.
0: That's a professional tease right there. I like it. <laughs> so let's let's switch gears. One last big subject before I got to news. I just want to run through and hit really fast. But there's this little game called the World Cup this past weekend to the final. Argentina, France looked like it was gonna be a blowout. Argentina is up two nothing. It gets all dramatic, though. Gets 2-2, 3-2, 3-3. Goes to penalties. Messi pulls it out. Argentina, World Cup champions. Thrilling game. Sheena was mostly on her laptop while I watched (laughs) it. I was very intense about it. But did you have any thoughts about the game, Sheena?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I even came in until maybe towards the end of the game, like, of regulation. So... Um, and then when they got to shootouts, I got nervous. I didn't really care who who won because I felt bad for whatever team was going to lose because what a heartbreaking way to lose and penalty kicks. And they were saying in um, France, a lot of people like had given up everything they owned to go to the World Cup. So I was just feeling really bad if they lost because it, people were losing their life savings. But it was a really good game.
0: Was that French that had done that, or was it like Argentinian fans that had done that?
1: I thought they said it was the French. Oh, maybe I could. Was. I could be wrong, but I swear it was.
0: I mean, probably, that's probably true. Probably on, on both side, sides, honest, yeah. Right? It's this experience, it's once in a lifetime, it's probably incredibly expensive to go and stay in Qatar and travel over there and all that. So we won't get too much into the game here. It was an amazing game. Uh, if you didn't watch it then you've really missed out. And I can't imagine you're both listening to this podcast (laughs) and watch the World Cup. So (laughs) you're not not my target audience. Tell all your friends. Don't have to wait every four years. There's soccer Mm. all the time, Uh, not just when the World Cup is on and, and taking over the world. But hey, 2026 will be right here in the U.S. of A. So it is time for our digital crawl. This is where we rapidly move through several topics around soccer, Kansas City soccer, things of that nature few other topics to cover so uh first up last week we told you about a rumor for matt hedges former fc dallas center back or dallas fc if you prefer shana <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is uh interested had interest from sporting kansas city well he has signed with toronto fc we both agreed we didn't really care if matt joined and yeah. we weren't high on him particularly so we just, we're not high on Norbert either, apparently. So we'll see if we, <laughs> if we find somebody that we are high on. Um, a lot of people getting high on soccer players over here. But another big thing that happened, and this probably deserves more than a brief discussion, is the MLS playoff format looks like it's going to change. Some reporting by Pablo Mauer of the Athletic has that the MLS because they're stuck in the moment of having just watched the World Cup? I guess uh, is going to go to a 16 team playoff format that's 55% of the league, 16 of 29 teams, eight per conference. And then they would do like a World Cup style group stage with teams are dancing out into a single elimination bracket. I hate it, it feels like a money grab to get like help out apple who just paid all this money to get the broadcast rights of these games games to broadcast which i'm always for more soccer but there's going to be a lot of soccer next year and the single elimination playoffs have been amazing great drama mls cup was probably the best mls cup ever i believe it was 3-3 with a penalty kick shootout to decide it too so i don't know why you'd want to mess with something that's working so well but you know if it ain't broke i guess try to fix it right don garber sheena what are you thinking about these playoffs
1: yeah, I don't like that idea. I like the way it is currently. I don't know. I I understand maybe they're trying to capture some of that hype with the World Cup and trying to get new viewers in, but I don't know that I agree with this.
0: Yeah, when when there's less news, we can talk about this more. But we're going to keep moving. Sporting Kansas City 2 also added a couple of players this week. Uh, they first signed Didi Traore. A left back, who played for the LA Galaxy, Los Dos, their, their second division team, or now third division team. And then San Antonio FC, where he won the USL championship last year. He, he plays left back, but he's capable of playing center back, young guy. And then another young signing, Andrew Draper. He's a, primarily a right winger. He came from Felipe Gutierrez, his old club. Universidad Católica. I'm sure I'm butchering that. Um, He's a loan, not a transfer. So he is, it doesn't say in the release how long he's signed for, uh, presumably at least a one-year deal. But in the past, SKC2 or Swoop Park have done two-year contract loans. So maybe, maybe there'll be a purchase option in there. Uh, He's only 21. Traore is 23. So those are the Sporting Kansas City 2 signings. A few other bits of news that we want to bring to you. Uh, You may have missed the Women's World Club. I'm sorry. Let me back that up. The Women's Club World Cup is coming. It's not something that's ever existed before. The men play a Club World Cup. So like last year, the Seattle Sounders won the CONCACAF Champions League. And they go over and they play against the winners of Europe and Asia and all these different continental competitions and they come together. So the women are gonna do that as well. So something, somebody like the Casey Current could potentially win. I don't know how they're gonna decide who plays in these because there is no Concacaf Champions League for the women right now, but maybe there'll be some sort of new competition. Uh, the women don't play nearly as many games as the men. I think they're gonna play 22 regular season games last year. So I think there's room to grow the league, pay the players more and give them more competitions. I have a set a lot really quick. Anything you want to jump in on here, Sheena, or just want me to hit the rest of this news?
1: Yeah, and just keep going. I have no thoughts.
0: I'm doing my fastest man in the West talking. I can go here. <laughs> Speaking of Club World Cups, the Men's Club World Cup in 2025 will be held in Morocco. And in other money grab news, they're expanding to 32 teams because what doesn't get better by diluting it with more teams, just like the 2026 World Cup will have 48 teams. It's not like it's not the best competition in the world already. Let's dilute it by putting in poor teams that are just going to be trounced. Uh, In some sad Kansas City current news, Coach Ella Massar, she's one of the assistants on the team. Again, I'm probably butchering names. No one ever says these names out loud on broadcast for me to learn how to say them. Um, She is leaving the team. Uh, She put out kind of a heartfelt Instagram post, and it looks like she's going to another NWSL team. They haven't announced anything as of this recording. And then three more topics. I know, Sheena, you had some thoughts on some of these. So you jump in. You wave me down if you have something you want to talk okay. about. They announced that the NWSL expansion teams, the finalists, not coming next year, obviously, because we're running out of time, but into the future, potentially in 2024, are Boston, Tampa, and San Francisco. I know personally, I think I'm pulling for Boston. They used to have a team, the Boston Breakers, and they folded And there's just something about maybe they'll have better ownership, but I think San Francisco probably has a pretty good chance. It sounds like they got some celebrity owners out there, some former players. Um, Did you have thoughts about who should be that next expansion team?
1: Yeah. So I thought San Francisco would probably be a good team. They would have a good following. It's pretty close to Sacramento and uh, maybe not super close, but Sacramento has a good following and, the usl is that right yeah so i could see for bringing that
0: up they beat sporting in the u.s open cup semifinals last year sacramento republic
1: yeah so they have a good following i could see that being a thing people in san francisco are excited for and would want but i also like the idea of boston having a team i didn't know they had a team previously but i just think it would be fun to have a team in boston so i don't have any thoughts on tampa
0: You're going to learn so much about the NWSL this year by being on this podcast and me forcing you to watch many, many more games. Oh, (laughs) yay. (laughs) Way way to sound enthusiastic there. (laughs) Uh, Two other bits of news. Wrexham, AFC, who you may know from the FX show Welcome to Wrexham, owned by Rob. How do you say Rob's last name?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, McElroy? No, I can't think of it. Yeah, that's not even closer. You watch Always
0: I, It's Always Sunny. Get I know, it together and I
1: love that show, but I can't think of his name right now. I'd, if I saw it written down, I could probably say it, but I can't think of it right now.
0: This is why you all have come to this podcast for us <laughs> to mispronounce names. So the guy from Always Sunny and Ryan Reynolds, you know him, Deadpool, famous guy. Uh, they own a fifth division team in England in the National League, Wrexham AFC, and they're going to come to America and play a quote handful of MLS teams. It sounds like summer friendlies. I personally am against summer friendlies because it's yet another game jammed into the middle of the week here. You're, you're probably putting your B team out there or maybe your starters for a little bit and then taking them all off and just extra exhaustion on their legs when sporting will probably be beat up and hurt. That said, if they come play sporting, I'm absolutely going to go watch it. <laughs> I, I watch the show and it's fantastic. Um, do you have uh, plans to see Rexham if they're in town, Gina?
1: Yeah, if they come, why wouldn't I go? Um so it sounds like the games haven't been decided yet, but and you were saying some are friendly. So that's just for fun or does this count for something?
0: Uh it's just an exhibition. That is soccer slang for exhibition.
1: Okay. I'm all for it. Um I also I don't I don't think they do this, but I would enjoy other teams from Europe coming to the US and playing games kind of like what the NFL does every season. I think that would be cool. Maybe that already exists. It's-
0: This does exist. (laughs) Oh, I mean, it's just breaking news for you over here.
1: Oh Um, my gosh, I'm learning so much tonight.
0: Famously, the Kansas City Wizards once played Manchester United. You've heard of Manchester United, yes?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. They played the
0: (laughs) the very... sure the answer there. Uh, they played them at Arrowhead back in the day, and if memory serves, and uh, apologies because I wasn't paying close attention back then, uh, Sporting or the Wizards at the time won two to one, and I believe they were down a man when they did that too. So pretty impressive stuff. It kind of maybe put Sporting on the map. So friendlies have value. They bring they bring attention because there's people sometimes that are like maybe a little bit of Euro snobs, and they'll say, "Oh, I I watch." football, but I don't watch this American soccer garbage that you all put out. But uh, MLS is getting a heck of a lot better. I've seen it dramatically over over even just like the last 10 years. So that could bring some positive attention. Hey, maybe they'd end up on the documentary. Maybe we'd end up on the documentary. Maybe get to meet Ryan Reynolds,
1: Sheena. Maybe it seems unlikely, but yeah, we'll just have to stay tuned and see what happens.
0: Where is your enthusiasm? We'll have to tell the story about when getting an apartment in college and my Ryan Reynolds story. But, but <laughs> we have to end on a bit of a, a sad note, but maybe maybe good. I don't know how to best say this. Um, we had previously reported on the passing of American soccer journalist Grant Wall. Um, it His autopsy has been completed, it sounds like. And his wife put out a report that he had died of an aortic aneurysm. So... What it seems like is that it is from natural causes, which is great because there was definitely like a cloud of darkness over this because he was so young, but unfortunately, you know, do pass away sometimes unexpectedly. So have a little bit of closure there. Um, hopefully that's kind of the end of that story, and that we all learn lessons about how to better take care of ourselves and get checked for things like this. His brother Eric had put out a thing saying if you're like long lanky and you have long fingers, that this might be a trait that is indicative of this. So um, oh. I used to be lanky, I would say in high school, but uh the metabolism, something failed me. I'm not sure. <laughs> We're working on it. As we discussed earlier in the podcast, dietary and exercise choices. we yeah, have this week, Sheena, any closing Wait. words?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to speak a minute about Grant Wall. I I'm glad there was no foul play, like it came out that it was natural causes, um, just because I think that once I, I think that came out while the World Cup was still going on, and it put the focus back into the game, and not on his death, and there was like a photographer in another country who died. So it did we got, we were able to go back to soccer. It makes me wonder though, if he hadn't already been sick, if like the significance of some of his symptoms would have caused him to go to a doctor sooner and maybe it could have been prevented. We'll never know. And aneurysms are no joke. Those are hard to, I mean, you have to really like zone in on your symptoms and get to a doctor quickly. I don't know. I think it's just a good reminder that if something doesn't seem right, to go get checked out and not to get all preachy for the second time tonight, but make sure you're going to the doctor regularly, get your blood drawn. A lot of stuff can be figured out, blood pressure, all that stuff. Make sure you're eating healthy, have a balanced diet, exercise, get enough sleep. You can't tell, but I'm staring Chad down. This is more for him than anybody else. But (laughs) seriously, take yourself, like be healthy in 2023.
0: What a lovely way to end it! A little PSA: yeah. Who knew? People came for their soccer <laughs> news, and they got a little health update, consciousness thing going on to wrap up the podcast. That's here.
1: more of what I'm passionate about, even though I'm currently off the bandwagon and I'm eating poorly. But it's
0: the, it's the holidays, right? We'll we'll figure yeah. it out in the coming days and yeah. weeks. So, thank you all if you made it to the very end. We're going to try to keep these things a little shorter. There was just so much dang news this week. There I was thought we'd be able to talk about it all. Thank Wait. you again for.
1: Yeah, no, sorry. I just wanted to say to everyone, thank you for listening. Let me end this, Chad. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone is staying warm. Don't go outside if you don't have to. Keep your pets indoors for the next few days. I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. And if you don't listen again till the new year, have a Happy New Year.
0: yippee Kaye.